You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. I'm Sister Lavina Francis Pamet. I'm a Franciscan Sister to Sacred Heart, and I am so happy to greet you. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, I am here in the studio at the Archdiocese of Chicago, and I am. Um, this, this show is called Dare to Love, and I am um, hosting this right now, and my co-host is Father Adam McDonald. Um, Dare to Love is a program that cultivates the vocation awareness in the Archdiocese of Chicago and the larger church through discussion of topics related to vocation discernment and promotion and highlighting different religious communities. And um, I just wanted to make the announcement of new things during the new year. I'm happy to announce, I just found out that um, the Chicago Archdiocesan Vocation Association, uh, otherwise known as CAVA, which is a group of vocation ministers who are serving the diocese and the, um, the wider church in terms of um, discernment of young people and not so young people of their vocation. And CAVA is now under the uh, Office for Religious and the uh, Office for Religious um, Vicar for Religious is Sister Mary Beth Bromer, who is a Felician sister. And now I'd like to introduce uh, Father Adam, who is with the Society of Divine Word. And Father Adam, um, after introducing himself, will introduce our guest. Happy New Year, Father Adam. Happy New Year, Sister Lovina, or could I say Feliz Año Nuevo, Chukmung Namoy, or Maligayang Bagong Taon. There are many ways to say it, but they all mean the same thing. We wish everyone a very blessed, happy, and healthy New Year filled with good health, an abundance of hope, and rich blessings. It's a pleasure to have you back, Sister Lovina. As you remember, last month I was in the studio there hosting my first time solo, Dare to Love. And I have to confess today, I'm zooming in from the basement of my father's home here in Flint, Michigan. I've not been sent to the basement because I was bad. It's just the quietest (laughs) place in the house with uh, out phones ringing and doorbells and dogs running around. Oh, congratulations, Uh, by the way. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michigan won. the Rose Bowl. I, yes, I saw it live. So, yeah. yes. <laughs> so I'm here in Michigan today and uh, need to head back to Chicago uh, later this afternoon. But uh, my father's an avid collector of books and uh, CDs and DVDs. So this is his collection, not mine. Kind of feels like I'm in the library today. But it is wonderful to be here. And thank you for the introduction. My name is Father Adam McDonald. I'm a missionary priest of the Society of the Divine Word, uh, served for a number of years as vocation director for my community, still doing that part-time and now serving as rector 
or local superior of our formation house in Hyde Park, Chicago, where a number of our men in temporary vows are studying their theological degree at the Catholic Theological Union. It is my pleasure today to introduce you to a good friend of mine and a colleague of both Sister Lavina and myself, none other than Sister Connie Bach, who is a sister with the Poor Handmaids of Jesus Christ. And Sister Connie is zooming in today from their lovely mother house in Donaldson, Indiana. Good morning and Happy New Year, Sister Connie. Hello, Father Adam and Sister Lavina. It's Happy really New great Year. to be here with both of you again. It is great to have you with us, and I'm loving the green color. I Sorry, I didn't think of the theme ahead of time, but I do have my coffee mug with some green, <laughs> so I feel like I'm kind of in sync here. And I just have to give like a little commercial because no uh, sooner than around Thanksgiving time, it was right after Thanksgiving, I had the chance to visit Donaldson, Indiana. So the commercial is, if you are looking for a place to get away with the Lord for some retreat, some rest, some spiritual renewal. The Poor Handmaids of Jesus Christ run the lovely Lindenwood Retreat Center. I made my annual retreat there back in November, was there for about six days. And Sister Connie, you and I had the chance to get together for a cup of coffee one morning. And it was just such a lovely place. The hospitality of the sisters, your community is so welcome. So uh, forgive me for the shameless commercial, but you know, we're looking to inspire people to dare to love. And one place you can reflect upon that dare is to get away to the quiet of the Lindenwood Retreat Center. So with all that said, Sister Connie, I'm super excited to ask you about a program that I know we spoke about over that cup of coffee when I was there at Donaldson last month, and that is the volunteer program for the Poor Handmaids of Jesus Christ, of which you are the spearhead, right? So could you tell us about how this program is working to spread hope there in the communities of Northwest Indiana? Well, yes, thank you for asking. I'm always happy to share about our, our volunteer ministry. Um, it, it started nine years ago. Um, I've worked with uh, high school groups, grade school, college groups, and so on, along with individuals who want to uh, get away, uh, grow in faith, uh, live in community, intentional community, and, um, and do service. And so um, one of the ways that we do that um, is uh, besides working in our in our poor handmade ministries is that I've uh, connected with um, uh, those living uh, on the margins of society in um, Plymouth, Indiana, which is just seven miles from our mother house. There are two uh, motels there that are rather dilapidated, but it's the only place that people in Plymouth can find to live uh, besides under the bridges and in the woods where they had been uh, living. So what we do is um, uh, every Tuesday and Thursday, we feed about 145 people at these two motels. And um, that's how we started off. We uh, we give them um, uh, uh, lunches, packed lunches, and then also uh, a bag of groceries uh, every Tuesday and every Thursday, unless there's a holiday, then we kind of adjust. But um uh, and it grew from there. Uh, it, when you when you hear the stories um, of people's struggles and um, the inability to pay rent in when the lowest uh, apartment is thirteen hundred dollars and they're working, you know, at uh, minimum wage. So um, our community, uh, we're very fortunate, and we've been able to assist some people with um, rent with uh, emergency utility bills, 
um, with buying them clothes or shoes or warm coats for the winter, um, helping them get medicine when they can't afford it, uh, things of that nature. So um, it, it's a wonderful um, way to reach out and try to give people a little hope when they are lost and trying to turn their lives around and um, trying to find their way forward. And so um, we've been really blessed to have so many people who have sort of caught our spirit and uh, the spirit of our founder, St. Katharina Casper, who really want to serve people on the margins. Sharing that, and as you're mentioning your your foundress uh, Saint Catherine Casper, I remember visiting uh, your chapel there at the Mother House during my retreat, and sort of in the back corner, there's sort of a, a little shrine area to her, and what a what a tremendous place to feel that legacy of hope that she engendered, which is amazing to hear how that now spills over into the lives of the people you serve. And obviously the volunteers that you've assembled to to help with this project. Could you tell us a little bit about who are the people that are drawn to assist you with this project? Is it sisters and lay people? Is it students or young adults? Mm -hmm. All of the above. (laughs) So yes, um, of course, our sisters are very much uh, engaged in the ministry and very supportive. Um, We also have a college here on campus, Marion University's Ancilla College. And we had about 27 uh, students this past semester, the fall semester that came and helped us uh, pretty regularly. And uh, of course, we are most grateful for their um, their time and their efforts, and especially um, the guys who help us carry all of our totes of food and things up to the second floors at the hotels. They're both outdoor hotels. It, you know, there's no, you don't go inside into an elevator or anything. So we have to carry everything up and um, it can be a little taxing at times, especially in this weather. Um, so we were, we've been uh, very grateful to have people um uh, come and join us. There, there's people that come to our mother house here for mass on the weekends and our worship community, and some of them have joined us. Um, and then there, right now, we have a woman who was living in Maryland, um, and she's retired from the Navy, and so she's with me for the year, uh, helping me run the food ministry. She's been doing most of the shopping and and so on and so forth, so I can focus more on the individuals at the hotels that need particular help. Um, so um, it's a wide variety of, of people and um, all are welcome and, and we, we have a great time together. It's a wonderful fellowship and we've kind of developed our wonderful little community that gets together, you know, twice a week and yeah, it's been a lot of fun too. Um, Connie, you know, I, I, I don't know when was the last time that you took a whole bunch of uh, people uh, to the border at the border. Um, do you mm-hmm. do that anymore? I know it's been a while since. For a while, but I've been wanting to to get back. Um, So we started our first uh, our first trip was down to El Paso to help at uh, Annunciation House, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, uh, we had a a wonderful group. And and the the energizing thing for me is where people come from. We had a woman from Iowa, a woman from Wyoming, two gals, uh, college students from Georgia. You know, I never know where people, where people are going to come from who find us and just, you know, want to um, join us in this effort, you know, serving people on the margins. And, and so, um, yeah, we've been to El Paso and then we've been to the humanitarian respite center in McAllen, Texas, um, 
where we met people literally coming off the buses from uh, across our border. Um, and these people that, that are coming across, these are um, people coming across legally. They come with their papers already in hand um, and they're there for a couple days while they wait for their transportation to their sponsoring family or um, whoever is going to be uh, housing them and hosting them. Um, but then we also, as part of that um, humanitarian uh, effort, we um, we filled uh, buses and vans with all kinds of food, clothing, um, cooking supplies, and so on for the people. There were about 2,000 people living in a tent city across the border in Matamoros, uh, Mexico. And so we would go there every day uh, while we were there. This was uh, usually a week-long mission trip. And so... um, we also helped um, uh, in San Antonio uh, there um, one time as well. So uh, the mission trips are uh, usually about a week long, and but we haven't done one for a while. We're we're kind of um, waiting to see what's going to happen with uh, our whole immigration uh, issue right now in the states, and trying to find the best uh, place and way to serve. Uh, you know, we've had people from Ukraine come um, and people from and I want to say that the people that did come across the borders in the south, mm-hmm. they were from all over the world. They were from Africa. They were from Cuba. They were from Mexico. They were from Russia. Wow. Um, so it was just an incredible experience to, uh, you know, walk alongside people from all around the world that are just trying to find a better life and uh, and hope as we're talking about today. So we're glad that we can uh, lend a hand when we can. Yeah. So I. Um, so just uh, like we're probably going to get into uh, a break um, in in a minute or less than a minute. But Father Adam, yeah. so um, if I know you have uh, more questions, but um, before we go on a break, I just want to pose this question. So it's the new year, and the tradition is um, to think about what. Uh, and and I would invite our listeners and our uh, people who are watching this. What is your New Year's resolution? And if you want to share it, fine. We can mull about it and pray about it. But the other the the other side of it is so we have our resolution that we want to like a goals and things like that. But the other side of it, especially with our theme for for this show, is new hope for the new year. What is our new hope for the year? I know usually it becomes a joke, like, you know, we want peace for the world, right? And we always want that. However, I mean, in terms of hope, I would invite everyone and us as well to think about it, pray about it. And maybe um, at some point during this show, we might be able to share that as well. So um, why don't we go into a break and then, Father Adam, you're going to be on for the next segment. So don't go away. We're going to go on a break. Sometimes I wonder what this journey will bring. And you guide me faithfully to find a home in you. Join Catholic Charities on Sunday, February 4th for the 2024 Divine Affair, a premier wine tasting event held at Chicago's Union League Club. Sample, 
and purchase wines and craft beers from around the world. Attend a wine appreciation or beer tasting seminar while you enjoy gourmet hors d'oeuvres and fabulous desserts. A fantastic silent auction and raffle are included as well. All proceeds benefit Catholic Charities programs and services that help anyone in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. To purchase Divine Affair tickets and learn about great sponsorship opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net or call 847-226-5697. That's 847-226-5697. imagine myself going into any other school. Our school fosters growth by being a backbone to our family. My kids are incredibly well-rounded. I see a lot of kindness in them on a daily basis. One of the things I think Catholic schools do well is personalize the learning experience. You can hear joy in the classrooms. I feel that like I'm happy that I am in this kind of school. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artschicago.org slash findaschool. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship programs provide a free opportunity for young adults to spend time with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youth aged 9 through 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers service friends who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports every relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that can help young adults build confidence and enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7970 in Cook County and 847-782-4224 in Lake County. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. And we are back. Happy New Year again, everyone. Um, this is Sister Lavina Pamet. I'm a Franciscan Sister of the Sacred Heart, your host. I just wanted to, uh, I guess, take this opportunity to say Happy New Year as well to our sound engineers and te- techie people behind the scenes here. Um, that's Clint over here and Mike May. Mike May is the one that always, like, you know, gets at me. It's like, Sister, don't forget, submit your guests and things like that. So thank you, thank you. <laughs> and uh, the department really, I mean, they are at the heart of, of all. We can't do anything unless they are here. And I have learned so much over the years 
from 2018. I believe, Connie, were you one of the first guests? And that was audio at that time. We have learned so much. You can't imagine. So happy new year again. And I'll turn it over to Father Adam, my co-host. Thank you, Sister Lavina, and I want to echo those words of gratitude to our crew. When I was in the studio last month, they were just such a pleasure to work with and made someone who was doing this for the first time look as if he'd been doing it his whole life. So kudos and many thanks to you. And as we come back, we we do welcome you back to the show called Dare to Love. As you know, we are a program that aims to promote vocation awareness in the Archdiocese of Chicago through programs uh, revolving around vocational discernment. And so we're so happy today to continue this conversation with Sister Connie Bach of the Poor Handmaids of Jesus Christ. Now, Sister Lavina, uh, before we went for the break, you were inviting us to ponder about what our resolutions would be and our hopes for the new year. So I, I wanted to pick up on that. That's something I've been pondering for a while now. And here's my resolution for you, and I'll share mine and leave the door open for you and Sister Connie as well. My resolution is to complain less and to compliment more to complain less and to compliment more. I realized for a long time in my life, I've been like an advocate for consumer rights and things. I mean, I will fight to the penny, you know, for some error in billing and things like that. And I'll be quick to complain about poor service. But rarely have I taken the step to go out of my way to compliment those who have done well or who have served well or completed their task faithfully. And my hope in doing this is that it would help me to engender more positivity in our world. If you're like me, and part of your ministry is on social media, you're aware of so much negativity which pervades these spaces. And I feel like part of my call is to kind of put out an alternative narrative, one of hope, one of positivity, one of encouragement and invitation, as opposed to division and disunity. And so Plain less and compliment more is part of my resolution for 2024. So I'll throw it over to you, uh, Sister Connie, uh, if you'd care to share what a resolution sure. and or a hope would be for this new year. Oh, that's awesome. I really like that. Um, so mine uh, would be uh, to be a better listener and a, 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 a stronger presence, uh, especially with those that we serve in the ministry. I was talking about with um, with our volunteers serving those on the on the margins. Um, so I am a very active person, and I'm constantly on the go, and I always have a goal in mind, and nothing's going to get in my way. So don't stop me to talk. <laughs> and so that that's just not a very good thing when you're working with people who really just need somebody to listen to them, to be a presence to them, um, to pray with them. Uh, and so that is that is my resolution for the year. And my hope is that that will allow people um, to, to be comfortable sharing what they need to share um, and to find ways forward for themselves um, by, by just having somebody in their lives that, that, you know, takes the time to listen and is a positive presence. So yeah, that's kind of where I think I'm going. 
That's so Thank you for sharing that, Sister Connie. I love that. People ask me all the time in my life as a priest, like, what's the most important thing I do? Mm -hmm. And of course, the Eucharist, the sacraments are high on the list. But I often say that above anything else, it's really trying to be a listening presence to create that space where people can speak their truth and be held without judgment, with reverence and respect, because many times they may be questioning their own worth and, and dignity. And so I just, that resonates so deeply, and that's very profound. I thank you for sharing that with us. And I have no doubt that uh, it'll be a challenge for all of us to do that, you know, slowing down to listen. Sister Levine, I want to make sure we don't lose the chance to hear from your wisdom as well, if you're thinking of some resolutions and or hope for this new year. Oh, gosh, I have a list. But now listening to people, um, and I also read an article about developing good habits. And so I think the way for me to be able to get to my long list of resolutions and wishes and desires and dreams and hopes, et cetera, et cetera, um, is really, in a way, it's it's strategic, which is, I think for both of you, um, that's the way to go, is to, to do like a simple step. Uh, I, I think the article I, I read um, had something to do with atomic habits, so like step by step. So I guess my resolution is to develop those step by step habits so that I can make space for the things that I would like to improve on because that making space really is um, – I have I, I feel like there are a lot of things that I could offer to others and I I can't really do that if like you know like Father Adam you're very busy Sister Connie you're very busy we're all busy right and but I can make space and really offer what I can give to others if I can be strategic about it and and, and that's the thing for me um, is to focus on the little things that I can change because I can only make space if I remove the things that, I, I guess, keep me from developing those good habits. And so my hope is that by strategically doing it, even every day, like today, I was able to get to the 8 o'clock Mass at the uh, Holy Name Cathedral because I woke up earlier and if I can develop that habit, that would be great. And then, you know, as soon as we were done praying for morning prayer, then I was like off and the traffic was better because it was earlier. So I was like, yes, the angels were with me. So there you go. But thank you. Thank you for um, yeah. that opportunity. Yeah, of course. And it's interesting to hear how kind of like there's a theme running across the the screen today in terms of creating space, creating space for positivity, creating space for listening and truth to be spoken, creating space for priorities and focus and making space for God in our lives through prayer and devotion. So uh, we, again, encourage our listeners and viewers to uh, not just think of those resolutions that will last through this first week of the new year, but those things that will really carry you and sustain you and help you find hope and be a channel of hope and encouragement for others throughout this year and beyond. So as we kind of come full circle, we want to circle back to our conversation with Sister Connie about the volunteer program. And I was sitting here thinking during the break, I'm surrounded by my father's collection of films and music. And so if you know me, you know that I'm a bit of a film buff. I get that from my dad. And I was thinking of a film. We're probably all familiar with the film The Blind Side with Sandra Bullock. She portrays uh, a mother who ends up a 
adopting and bringing to her home a young homeless man in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, based on a true story. And she houses him and helps educate him and, and provides a home for him. And at one point, uh, Sandra Bullock's character, uh, I think she's portraying uh, Leanne Tui is the name of the character. She's out to lunch with her friends, if you remember the scene. And her friends are, her friends are commenting on how what she is doing is changing the life of that young man. And I'm always struck with how Sandra Bullock's character responds. She said, no, he's changing me. Mm-hmm. He's changing my life. And I got to thinking, Sister Connie, in what you're doing with your volunteer ministry, could you share with us how the experience is and has been transformative for you? What change has it invited in you? What hope have you discovered in this ministry? Well, I have to admit that I'm a person of privilege. And, um, you know, we were probably a lower middle class family, but we had everything that we needed. We never really went without food or clothing or, you know, my my parents were um, were really good parents. And um, I'm grateful for them every day. Um, um, my parents taught me at an early age about um, – caring for others. Uh, My mom was a Girl Scout uh, leader and all of my sisters and I, we were Girl Scouts. And, um, you know, there's a a song that we used to sing that has the words, um, on my honor, I will try. There's a duty to be done. And I say, I, there's a reason here for the reason above. My honor is to try and my duty is to love. I just remember that from when I was a Girl Scout. (laughs) And my dad was a baseball coach and umpire and a basketball coach and referee. And I still remember him going around town, picking up kids that didn't have rides that wouldn't otherwise get to play baseball or basketball because he really wanted them, you know, to have this uh, joy and this experience in their life. And and so we picked up on that as early at an early age. And I just. Um, had that instilled in me. I went I, for three years, I was fortunate to go to a Catholic school and that was, you know, part of um, who we were and what we did. And so, but I found that it kind of became sort of routine mm-hmm. and okay. Yes. Yeah, so I take my cans to the food pantry and I do this and I do that, but it, you know, it was a nice thing to do and oh, aren't I a great Catholic, but in the end, what I found was I was ignoring Um, the most important piece, and that's the person behind what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the the ministry at the hotels has, uh, again, really opened my heart and my eyes um, and made me much more compassionate. And again, you know, just wanting to respond to the needs before us, which is another thing uh, that a lot of our our congregations, our founders and foundresses, look at the needs of the time and we try to respond to the needs that are before us. Right. And that's what happened at these, at this hotel. And so I found that the more I just spent time with people and heard their stories, I was like, I, I can do something. I can figure out a way to help. And I asked people to join me in that effort. And it really, um, it brought me so much more joy. I wasn't like this robot going through life, doing all these things I was supposed to do. And, you know, uh, checking off the list that, you know, I was a good Catholic because I gave to this, you know, this need or that need. Um, but, it, and I got to tell you that I'm gonna, I want to give you an illustration of um, um, 
a relationship that developed. And there's there's a gentleman at the hotel, and stop me if I, you know, if you need to cut me off. There's a gentleman at the hotel, his name is James, and he came to me on a bitter cold January when we were passing out food, sobbing. And he just had like a maybe a fall coat on, and it was bitter cold. I had layers and layers on, and this guy had been living in the woods not very far from the hotel. And he just begged me, please, can you help me with a room or, you know, so we got him a room. And every time we would come every Tuesday and Thursday, he would come out and help us. And um, he didn't have a thing to his name. He just had the clothes on his back. And, but he would always come out and and help us, um, you know, uh, take things up to the second floor at the motel and, and help us pass out food and load the bus and unload the bus. It turned out that he, over time, uh, developed cancer in his throat. Um, I noticed a lump on his neck, and I asked him if he had it checked out, and he said, I don't have insurance. So we took him to the Department of Family Services. We got him on insurance with um, the state, and um, sure enough, it, it was cancer. He went through chemo and radiation, and praise God, uh, now he's uh, cancer-free. Wow. Um, but then he started, his vision started getting really, really horrible and he couldn't, he could barely see. And so um, I took him to, you know, there's a place called America's Best. You get a free eye exam and two pairs of glasses for 69 bucks. Sure enough, we went, we took care of that. But um, the problem was uh, he didn't, he needed to have cataract surgery in both eyes. So over time, it took several months, but, and, and it took a, a real team effort on the part of the volunteers because he needed uh, the local hospitals didn't cover, didn't take his insurance. Mm -hmm. So we had to find rides for him to get all the way from uh, Plymouth where he lives to first it was Warsaw, then it was Fort Wayne. And so um, I couldn't always do that. So all the volunteers, we made out this schedule and everybody took care of him. And now he's, seeing out of both eyes beautifully but we all have been changed because we've formed such a beautiful community and uh he's a part of that and he comes to our mother house frequently and helps with all kinds of things himself as a volunteer now so it's changed it's a it's a mutual exchange it's reciprocal and all, all of our lives have been changed so just wanted to share that with you that's so beautiful connie you know um, I, I'm sorry to break this up. I, you actually put tears in my eyes, but we need to go on a break. <laughs> need to do my job here, but yeah, thank you for that story. So we're 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 gonna go on a break, and then uh, Father Adam will uh, take over um, on <laughs> more questions because time is running out. Oh my gosh, you know, we have like I don't know, 15 minutes or so left. So yeah, we'll be back. Don't go away. Community is core to Catholic Charities' founding mission. For more than 100 years, we have met people and families where they are, serving anyone in need, regardless of their faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. As our world absorbs the economic, political, and social aftershocks of the pandemic, 
50% or more of the 6 million people living in Cook and Lake counties have little or no savings. They are a paycheck away from zero. We are deeply grateful to everyone in the Catholic Charities community who partners with us to alleviate the suffering of the people we serve and offer them a better path forward. We are witnessing a message of mercy and hope to a world very much in need. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. We are back. I'm Sister Lavina, and I'm a Franciscan Sister of the Sacred Heart, here with Father Adam and Sister Connie. So welcome back, everybody. Uh, we have Sister Connie, who is uh, the leader and coordinator and organizer for the Poor Handmaids of Jesus Christ Volunteer Ministry. Um, and she was just sharing about a story of James, um, someone who has become such an integral part of the volunteer program, um, who himself was helped um, by Sister Connie and the volunteer team. So um, I'll give it over to Father Adam because I know, Father Adam, you have like a whole list of questions for Sister Connie. We thought we had a lot of time in an hour, right? Well, we were wrong. <laughs> Because, you know, when we get together, it's like this. I mean, even before this program was recorded, we were already like talking and, you know, things like that. And that's what happens among friends. So take it away, Father Adam. Sister Lavina, and thank you, Sister Connie, for being our guest today and for sharing this mysterious element of how hope engenders hope. By trying to be a person of hope and spreading hope, you have encouraged in others to be people of hope who share that hope with others. So what a gift to be reminded of that. So I just want to ask Sister Connie, you know, I've known you for a long time, and I know we've probably shared these things personally, but could you share with our listeners, how was it that you first heard and or felt the call to, to be a sister and kind of what led you to your particular community of the poor handmaids of Jesus Christ? Well, first of all, as I said, I was uh, fortunate as a, a young child to um, attend uh, Catholic school for three years, and that was with the poor handmaids of Jesus Christ. And my um, 
until last month, my first and second grade teachers um, were alive. And I it was um, really an incredible thing to join the same community as some of your teachers. Uh, we had uh, wonderful stories to share. <laughs> of course, uh, Sister Michelle, my first grade teacher, died uh, last month. But my second grade teacher, Sister Deanne, is still um, uh, living and still very much a part of the volunteer program with me. She comes every Tuesday and Thursday and helps with packing our groceries. So, but anyway, um, <clears throat> So I, I went to grade school for, for three years um, at St. Mary's. And then um, for various reasons that I won't get into, it's a long story, but we were um, we were uh, put into public school um, for the remainder. And I like to say that that is God writing straight with crooked lines because I'm a musician and a composer. And at the Catholic school, we did not have a music program or band or anything like that. But at the public school, I had the opportunity to learn to play trumpet. And I absolutely loved it. And I played all the way through high school, marching band, jazz band, uh, so on and so forth, and into adulthood. And um, and then when I was in high, when I when when I was a sophomore in high school, I decided to go back to church on my own. And um, I I was very fortunate to meet two sisters. I went to the same church where I grew up. I sat in the same pew when I was in first, second, third grade, and they had a children's choir, and I was just like, oh, I'm in heaven. So I was singing my heart out and they came afterwards and they said, wouldn't you like to be in our choir? <laughs> and I said, yeah, sure I would. So I joined them. And um, this is another long story, but I used to get grounded for going to church, believe it or not. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's another family funny story. But so then I learned how to play guitar from these two sisters. And that's when I started composing. I love to play guitar. I've written probably about 30 songs. Most of them have been uh, for community events, but a couple, uh, I think four of them were published. Um, anyway, uh, so when I when I got involved with the choir, then it's like, well, wouldn't you like to join the teen club? Wouldn't you like to be a server? Wouldn't you like to be a Eucharistic minister? Wouldn't you like to, you know, uh, eventually when I got older into college and so on, wouldn't you like to be on our parish council? <laughs> so I just got very active in the parish and I loved being around the sisters. They were so happy, so energetic, so caring and compassionate, uh, which is where a, a lot of my what I'm doing today comes from. And they'd say, well, wouldn't you like to come for supper? And then wouldn't you like to come for prayer? And wouldn't you like to come to our mother house for a retreat? And so the more I spent time with them, the more I fell in love with their way of life and the sense of community and the sense of uh, hope that they gave, which is what we're talking about today. And so um, I, I've been a sister for 31 years and I've, uh, I've just been very, very happy, and I I know that where I am, I am I am at the place where God wants me to be, and um, just filled with joy when I can be among God's people and um, fulfilling our vision and our mission, the gospel mission, but also our poor handmade mission, you know, to serve those um, uh, the poor and, and those on the margins. So, 
Thank you, Sister Connie, for sharing that inspiration. Now, I have to confess, I knew about the guitar. I have heard you sing. I have heard you play at various gatherings. I think I've heard some of the songs you've composed, but I did not know about the trumpet. So I have a special request. If you can pull Uh-oh. up that trumpet and give it a couple <laughs> the next time we're I together. <laughs> that is awesome. And you describe so beautifully how God writes straight with crooked lines. As you said, I too am a product of the public schools and found that, you know, without having religion classes, at school, it made me so much more curious to know what my fellow young people who were going to Catholic school were learning about. And so it kind of put me on fire to discover more about my faith. I'm not sure if I would have had that same degree of interest and fire if I had religion class every day and perhaps took it for granted. So thank you so much for sharing that. Now, what you're, you're sharing about, though, engenders in me another question, and that is the sense that maybe there are people listening and viewing today who are thinking about this new year, the hope that we want to engender, their resolutions, maybe they, they're resolving to make a difference or make a change in their lives this year. And maybe someone is listening or viewing today who's thinking, okay, this show is called Dare to Love. Jesus dares us in the gospel to love very inclusively, very completely, very unconditionally. The two great commandments, love God above all things, love others as you love yourself. How are we responding to that dare? Maybe there's someone listening today who feels called to consider becoming a volunteer in your program mm-hmm. or who may be feeling called to learn more about the sisters. Could you share with us what would be some avenues they could follow to learn about mm-hmm. being a volunteer or to learn more about sure. the four handmaids? Sure. When I when I walk with women and we discern and, and um, there's some accompaniment and so on, I always encourage them, first of all, to have a mentor or a spiritual director that they can talk to confidentially and that they can trust. Um, I think that's very important. And secondly, um, I think it's important to learn about a lot of different communities and to visit and to sort of try on um, the charism and see if it's a fit for you. Um because you can sometimes you can walk in a mother house and feel whether or not it's um, the right place for you, where, where you feel at home or um, sometimes maybe not so welcome. <laughs> um, but then another great way is to um, spend time with the sisters and to really get to know them or the brothers or the priests and so on. And so that's uh, another uh, way with our volunteer program, you can, ours, ours is set up, uh, it's very um, flexible, where you can come and spend a weekend or a week or a month or three months or six months or a year and work side by side and live in intentional community with the sisters and really get to know us, ask questions, you know, uh, just experience our way of life and and allow us to learn about your life and, and you know, uh, your journey with God and so on. Um, and, and that way then you can make an inf- a better uh, informed decision um, about whether or not religious life is right for you or uh, whether a particular community is the right fit and so on. So I think that's really a great way to, to uh, uh, that's a, a really good part of discernment. Thank you, Sister Connie. And as I'm looking at the pages of your website, scrolling on the screen, uh, it looks like on your website, people can can discern either purpose as a volunteer and or learning more about the sisters or maybe kind of both at once. And and isn't it true that many times people who who serve and who volunteer with a group often are attracted to, to learn more about it and perhaps join? Yes. So uh, could you give us the name of the website that they're going to want to go to? Yes. The, the website for the Poor Handmaids is poorhandmaids.org. Very simple. Handmaids is uh, all one word. H-A-N-D-M-A-I-D-S. 
and uh, which means servant. Mary is the servant of the Lord, the handmaid of the Lord, you know, and let it be done to me according to God's will. That's where that comes from. And the volunteer uh, website is very simply our initials, P-H-J-C, and then VOL, V-O-L, program, phjcvolprogram.org. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Sister Connie. And as you reflect upon 31 years as a poor handmaid of Jesus Christ, congratulations. Thank Could you. you share with us perhaps what has been your greatest joy as a sister these last 31 years? I will tell you, um, our community is international. We're in nine countries. And um, I have, again, been very privileged um, to have been in seven of those countries. And I'm uh, we're, right now I'm working on a committee. It's called Vision Partners. And we're, we're, we're visioning for our future um, as we look down the road. And um, we just had uh, some, uh, some meetings with sisters from all around the world. And that has been such a gift to me to learn about how Catherine, St. Catherine of Casper's uh, Charism has been lived around the world since uh, 1851. And um, I we just had, uh, oh gosh, about 50 sisters from other countries here, as a matter of fact, at the end of October and in November for some meetings. And I, I just love, I have sisters all around the world. It's, that's like mind boggling to me. And I keep in touch with so many of them and, uh, you know, with, with, uh, WhatsApp and Facebook and zoom and all kinds of technology today. It's, that's a wonderful gift. So yeah, that's, that's been, I've had many, many opportunities and I'm very blessed, but I really enjoy, uh, getting to know our sisters and, and I volunteered in other countries with them as well. I have volunteers that go to other countries too. So if you want to experience, Kenya or India or Mexico or Brazil or take me with you. Take me with you. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually we, uh, my community has Brazilian sisters as well. So I don't know if I got to share with you too. Um, It seems like I keep forgetting, you know, like, because it's been a while since we all like kind of like talked and uh, I've been taking Portuguese. And in fact, level one, I finished level one last semester uh, last year. Um, yeah, so level two is coming up uh, for the spring semester. So, yeah. Uh, oh, and you know what? Okay, I got to tell you, we have time. Is um, And I haven't told you about this. June 8. Oh, my gosh. I think I'm going to get in trouble for this. But <laughs> no, June 8 is when I'm celebrating or my community is celebrating um, Jubilees. And it's going to be my 25th anniversary. Oh. So, anniversary. So I went to uh, one of the pictures that was shown where Connie um, is playing the guitar, you know, with, um, you know, looking really spiffy. And in the background, you probably didn't notice is little old me, you know, singing in the choir because, uh, oh, my, my, they found it. <laughs> so on her 25th um, Jubilee, um, Connie invited her friends to be part of the choir and, you know, of course, everybody else, um, you know, during the Mass. And it was such a special, special time to celebrate uh, religious life, really. So I haven't made up my, um, you know, my invitation list yet, but... um, that's why I was saying I might get in trouble because I just announced it in public. <laughs> I'm not saying where it is. No, I'm kidding. 
Congratulations, Thank Sister you. Lavina. That's wonderful. And I'll just add in as we're talking about interculturality, the Society of the Divine Word, my congregation, is, serves in more than 80 countries around the world. And we welcome vocations from all of those countries. So it, to use your word, Sister Connie, it is mind boggling to think of how I'm connected. But with my mission having been in the Philippines, uh, I had been requested, suggested for so long that after spending the last three years making a one-week video reflection on the Sunday Gospel, and it's posted on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, you can find it there. I call it Father Adam's Angle. And I kept getting suggested to try making a version of this video in Tagalog, the Philippine Ooh. language. And for whatever reason, last week, this week, I decided it was time to try something new, and I did it. And the reaction has been nothing short of phenomenal. Talk wow. about just connecting with people at a different level and kind of helping me feel connected with the people in the Philippines. So there's so many different ways that God can use our gifts, our skills, our desires, our talents. We've talked about music, language today to help us connect in hope and you know, to tie it together with the hopes we've shared earlier in this program that we would try to engender hope by inserting hope into our world. You know, if you think about like a bank account, we always want to get back more than we put in, you know, <laughs> but we have to invest. So, you know, what if we try to invest more hope and positivity into our world so that we can then reap the benefit of that and kind of engender that hope in other people? Yeah. Great point. Great point. You know, one thing in terms of hope, too, um, and, 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 you know, it, it's not always like, oh, hunkadori. I heard the word joy um, Connie, um, when you were talking about like, and joy is not just oh, I'm happy, you know, joy, actually, the other side of it is pain, or at least, you know, part part of that, because true joy really comes out of like that suffering. It's part of the Paschal mystery. You know, and, and sometimes it's only when you have known sacrificed or have sacrificed, just like our, our Lord has sacrificed so much. And in fact, just, you know, the miracle of the, you know, the sense of incarnation of God being with us among one, you know, becoming one of us and among us and staying with us. And staying means like, oh, okay, I'm here. You know, you know, I heard being more present, listening. You're, you know, we're busy, and yet the sac- the little sacrifices that we do is like one one of those things that you can only do out of love and with the grace of God, you know, that we can do any of it. Because really, um, when we choose the path of, I guess, less resistance, you know, um, instead we choose, I guess, the path that is more difficult, just not, not for the sake of you know, having a more difficult life, but more like because the choices that we make really is very inconvenient. And I know that I've heard definition of community and all of us, all three of us live community lives, you know, and not just the the people that we live with. And oh, God bless you, Father Adam. (laughs) But uh, and God bless the people you live with. No, I'm kidding. Um, You know, and Connie, you know, Connie and I live like in a smaller community, but we also deal with people on a day to day basis with a larger community. But, you know, Community can also mean taking turns being inconvenienced. I think you've probably heard of that as a definition. And that is, and out of that is that 
deep sense of love and joy. So one of the hopes, really, that I really would like to put out there um, to the people I love, my family, uh, my friends, community, is the transformation that we hope for in the new year that keeps happening and, you know, atomically, little by little, step by step, is that reconciliation from the grace of God because, you know, like deep listening, you know, those skills that we acquire, um, less complaining and more complimenting, you know, those are doors that open the hearts of each person. And doesn't it require that grace of God of opening our hearts, widening that heart, enlarging our arms for, you know, to uh, the better to hug other people. Connie is a hugger, so <laughs> and I miss that. Actually, I miss that. Um, you know, because you have that generative spirit. But the other thing is really seeing with the eyes of God, because we are, you know, being humans. We usually what we see is that our own perspective. And I go back to what you said, Father Adam, about retelling. Oh, wait. What? How did you say about the narrative? Um, telling new narratives, or redefining, you know, the narrative, and uh, to be able to do that, we have to have the grace of the sight, which is the eyes of God, and how God loves unconditionally. So, anyway, I mean, I I really wanted to kind of put it out there. So well said, Sister Levine, and I've been sitting here this whole program uh, looking through these new frames that I got about a week before Christmas. I'm still kind of like adjusting my eyes and just resonating with what you're saying, thinking, why did I wait like over 10 years to get my eyes examined? What was I thinking, right? Well, my (laughs) eyes didn't seem to be a problem, but now that I have these new lenses, it's like literally causing me to see and to notice things in a new way. So whether it's physically getting new glasses or whether you wear contacts or no glasses at all, but to try to ask God to change the way that we see. We often think about the grass being greener on the other side, right? The green that we're wearing, but it's not changing the landscape we look at so much as changing the lenses through which we look at those whom we see and what it is we see. And Sister Connie, you've blessed us today by sharing with us those that you see and recognize as your brothers and sisters, our brothers and sisters in Christ, those with particular needs, but also with particular gifts and how you have engendered hope in them. So I'm so grateful for your presence to us today. I'm grateful for your joy, as Sister Lavina reminded us, not a perfect joy born of every Everything being, you know, roses and sunny days all the time, but out of the real struggles of life, you've discovered that joy and that contentment that has sustained you through 31 years. Talk about answering a dare to love. Yeah. And you've been doing that. And you, Sister Lavina, coming up on 25 years, I congratulate you, you. with and, and I thank you because your joy is as we know it's contagious you know we, we we all know each other the three of us and and we're so connected with many of our viewers and listeners but isn't it true that in these circles and these communities that hope engenders hope that our joy can be contagious that yes. we can spread that joy based in the experience of the real ups and downs and ins and outs of life so i'm just so grateful to be part of this conversation today and and pray that this new year will bring us all many blessings and many opportunities to be invited to see anew and perhaps see more truthfully with the eyes of God um, what God has created in our world and in in one another. Thank you. And again, uh, Sister Connie, thank you so much. And, and please say hello to uh, the 
the sisters um, that I haven't seen in a while. And at some point, we're we're going to have to see each other in person. But to That's all cool. of to all of you out there, our our viewers, our listeners, God bless you. And please um, don't forget, you know, if if you don't like set your your um, resolution, that's fine. Um, but keep that hope and that smile in your heart. And may God bless everyone. So thank you all. And Connie and, and Adam, I, I can't wait to see you both in person. So, you know, don't go away at some point, but we have to say goodbye um, on the Dare to Love show. Again, we wish to um, give you hope. Amen. When I listen to my heart, I can hear you whisper, asking me lovingly to come and follow you. Here I am, did I hear you call my name? Here I am, as you Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media. I've traveled long and far to follow you A stranger and a pilgrimage